This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome, witches and wizards, to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria. Also joined with me today is Courier. Courier, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Awesome. So we today we are going to go over another character deep dive. Uh, this week we are going to go over Godric Gryffindor, one of the founders of Hogwarts School. And obviously, you know, his name alone is... Name, he is named his his legacy is in multiple places and we will go over that uh here in a bit with his you know history so yeah let's get right into it so godric gryffindor was an english wizard and one of the four founders of the hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry he was a great friend with salazar slytherin but opposed him when a later and thought that he would not accept muggle-born students at hogwarts it is unknown when he died and that in his honor gryffindor's birthplace became known as godric's hollow and godric's gryffindor portrait still remains at hogwarts so that yeah i mean it's interesting to know Godric Gryffindor was very good friends with Salazar Slytherin and the person we know Salazar to be is interesting because you know Salazar is very on the opposition of uh, Hogwarts being a pure blood only school there should be no like muggle-borns or anything like that to discredit the school or you know pollute it and with that also as I just said like Godric's Hollow is very well known as we know from the Deathly Hollow uh, books or the Deathly Hollow book and films Harry was born in Godric's Hollow that was his birthplace as well as Albus Dumbledore so two of the big protagonists that we have in the Harry Potter films and books came from Godric Gryffindor's birthplace, which is a sorry. It's, it's his legacy alone is and it's, it's incredible. So we don't really have much known on his early life. So Dr- Gryffindor hailed from the moor, which was known as Godric's Hollow, a small west ca- country village in England. Uh, he was described to being the best duelist of his time. Now, when they say duelist, yes, that does mean in the magical term of duelist, but it also means in the literal term as duelist, like he actually wielded a sword. Hence, you know, the sword of Gryffindor that we get in Chamber of Secrets and further on in the books and the films. Yeah, he used that sword to actually duel anyone with a sword. He dueled magically and non-magically. Hence why he became the best duelist of his time. Which is insane. Like, you don't see many, you know, anyone really who is magically born wield a weapon besides a wand. Because 
they were never taught how to use practical weapons. I mean, do you see anybody... Well, I mean, you see knives, obviously, because silverware and whatnot. But no one picks up a sword and, like, uses a sword besides, like, Harry and uh, Neville. But they're just swinging it willy-nilly. They don't, like, actually know how to use a sword. So, um, as a Hogwarts founder... Uh, said to be one of the four most brilliant witches and wizards of, his, of the time, Godric Gryffindor founded Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in his adulthood uh, with friends with Southstar Slytherin, Helga Hufflepuff, and Rowena Ravenclaw. Though he later served uh, severed ties with Slytherin, he even appeared to be carefully selected members of his own house. Uh, Gryffindor was said to have a praised courage, determination, and strength in heart above all other qualities. Uh, indeed, he selected students for his house based on their da- uh, daring and bravery, according to the Sorting Hat. He also was the most favor of allowing Muggleborns into the school. Which, I mean, as we see, um, and as we see in the films and the books. A lot of the Muggleborns are in Gryffindor. Now there are Muggleborns in the other houses, uh, not so much in Slytherin, but a lot of Mugg- there's a lot of Muggleborns mainly in Gryffindor, which is in- kind of makes sense and kind of ironically ish. Okay. Uh, the founders, however, were unsure of how they were to sort students. Uh, when they were dead, to solve this, Gryffindor took off his hat, and all four of them enchanted it so they could sort the students long after their deaths. It was from then on known as the Sorting Hat. So you know that tattered old hat that you know places you in what house that we see in you know the films, the books, and even Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that's Gryffindor's hat. That's why it's like super old because it's hundreds of years old. Yeah. Um, so Gryffindor is intentionally a close friend of Salazar Slytherin, but over their time, over time, their friendship, uh, after a number of years working peacefully together, Slytherin eventually grew apart from the fellow founders due to the distress of Muggleborns and his belief that they should be not accepted at Hogwarts. Dun, 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 dun. We all know what's going to happen next. Uh... When Slytherin failed to convince Gryffindor and the others to accept his ideas, he chose to leave the school. Unbeknownst to Gryffindor, his former friend built a hidden chamber and within the castle in which he hid a basilisk that his heir would later use to try to purge the school of Muggleborns. Which, obviously, we see in Chamber of Secrets in the book of the film... Uh, we even see a little bit of it in Duffy Hollows. Obviously, the basilisk is long dead afterwards. But we do go into the chamber with Harry. And, you know, he fights Tom Riddle, Lord Lord Voldemort, the heir of Slytherin, that kills the basilisk and all that fun stuff. But, yeah, his, like, Gryffindor's former best friend literally put something in there to destroy all their life's works just because he opposed the idea of muggles oh. and that and that's a fair point uh bat knight uh yeah like the 
uh, Bat Knight's kids apparently calls the sorting hat the grumpy hat because it always looks mad. Sure, which sure, sure. You're not wrong. The hat does look completely mad all the time. And he has a really grouchy tone of voice. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. And then it is unknown when, how or when Gryffindor died, though he left an enduring legacy. Which is completely true. Uh, Godric's Hollow, obviously, being a very, like, yes, it was a muggle community, but it also had its fair share of magical uh, people in the community of Godric's Hollow. Albus, the Dumbledores, for example, or even the Potters later down the line. So, yeah, he has a great legacy. Obviously, like, one of the houses is named after him. His sorting hat, his, his own hat became the sorting hat. And on top of that, his sword was, you know, magically entranced to where it would be founded by any worthy Gryffindor needing of its help. Hence how, you know, Harry was able to get it for down in the Chamber of Secrets. And even when Neville was able to retrieve it uh, from the Sorting Hat during the Battle of Hogwarts in Deathly Hollows. So... And he also has a portrait yeah. at Hogwarts still to this day, which you can go. I believe you can. Yeah, you can go <laughs> and see uh, Godric Gryffindor's portrait in Hogwarts Legacy. So there's that as well. So, yeah, he left a very enduring legacy that will last, you know, countless ages. So uh, post postmortem. Um, so a portrait of Gryffindor hung at Hogwarts Castle guarded a secret shortcut between the seventh floor leading to the grand ch- uh, staircase and the uh, entrance hall side room. The password required to gain access said shortcut was Starshine. Gryffindor left two, uh, two known relics, a goblin-made sword, a dawn with rubies, obviously, which is the sword of Gryffindor, and the sorting hat, which name in turn, you know, sorted everyone into the houses. Uh, the two items shared particular bond. Uh, whenever the true Gryffindor needs it, the sword itself will uh, itself will be pulled out of the hat. So, yeah. Which obviously we see twice in the films and the books. And then Gra- oh. Godric's sword was capable of acquiring powers from those that's, uh, slain, and thus imbued venom when Harry Potter's defeat of the Basilisk, making it suitable tool for destroying Voldemort's Horcruxes. Albus Dumbledore used it to destroy Mol- Volgant's ring. Ron Weasley used it to eliminate Salisbury Slytherin's locket, and Neville Longbottom used it to kill Nagini, the final Horcrux. So yeah, um, Goblin Metal. Obviously, as we see in the books and the films, has a very strong property to take in what it's killed to make it stronger. Like, so the Goblin Metal can't rust or be, you know, de-aged or anything like that or corroded or anything. And it takes its on itself things to make it stronger so like when you know harry stabbed the basilisk into the roof of its mouth the venom from the snake was imbued into the sword to where now the sword is imbued with basilisk venom so it's even more deadly deadlier than before and basilisk venom is one of the very few substances in the wizarding world that has one a 
only one antidote, which is Phoenix Tears, and good luck trying to find a Phoenix that's not in Dumbledore's office. And two, it basically can destroy anything, as we see with Horcruxes and so forth. So. <laughs> and on the top, a little side tangent, um, with uh, Chamber of Secrets, if you go and play Hogwarts Legacy... And you can find the entrance to the chambers. And there's like a field page guide that you'll find that will literally say um, Serpent Sink or something like that is the field guide page in the bathroom. And no, like nobody knows what it is. There's just a random serpent on this sink and nobody knows what it does or if it does anything at all. Which we know as players, we know what it's for. But, you know, it's also 60 years prior before the first time the chamber is opened since, you know, Salazar is the Lutheran's time. So there's that. But yeah, um, so at that point, we are going to take a short mid-break and we will be back with more Godric Gryffindor. Okay, OBS is being really weird today. It's not, like, once I put a sound cue on, it's not wanting to, like, turn it back on to where I can talk. It's super weird. But anyway, welcome to the mid-break of the show, where we talk about everything to do with the podcast that has nothing to do with the lore of the Wizarding World. Uh, At this time, I want to thank everybody who supports the show and listens to us. I really appreciate it. Um, We all do. And if you do want to support us, uh, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with some words, we will read it out loud the next time on the show. Also, now on Spotify, you can actually comment on per a depend. It's all episode-based, not by the show, but a- each episode, you can comment on what you like about the show, So, which is really cool. Uh, we do actually have one today. Let me go up and pull it up. This is from Batty Datnight, who is actually in the chat with us tonight. Uh, did you know that in season... So this is from last week's episode when we did the Philosopher's Stone. So did you know that in Season 3 of The Flash, there's a new character, Dr. Julian Albert, played by none other than Tom uh, Felton, who, if anybody knows the names, Tom Felton is the actor who played... Draco Malfoy. Uh, and Albert is actually possessed by a supervillain, uh, in quotation marks, Alchemy, uh, who is hunting for the Philosopher's Stone. So, um, to answer your question, uh, Bat Knight, uh, I did know that. I actually have watched majority of the seasons of The Flash up to, I think I stopped after season four Whichever the one with the thinker, that's when I stopped because it started getting kind of out of hand and pretty repetitive with villains. Um, it's cool. They ha- like Flash's villains and whatnot, but every major villain they've had mainly has been a speedster and it's kind of like boring with that. That's just my opinion. But yes, I did know that. And that is like one of the first things Tom Fountain has really done majorly after the Harry Potter series. So, which is really cool to see. And it was really cool to... F- see him in that aspect uh 
and it's funny like they actually threw in like some harry potter jabs uh with his character uh which is hysterical and bat daddy bat knight says he's a dc fanboy so there you go if you want dc questions (laughs) answered daddy daddy bat knight knows (laughs) you heard it here um And if you also want to support us, uh, you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash to where you can get ad-free episodes every month or even join us on uh, at the end of each month with your topic of choice. We can talk about you know Hogwarts Legacy, talk about theories or anything that you want to talk about. So go check that out on patreon.com. And then you can also join us on the Robots Radio Discord. We have a channel in that server uh, for the Wizarding World lore cast, so you can check us out there. I go by Benetameria on there. Courier's on there as well, same as Nina, uh, who's unable to join us today due to a family emergency. So, uh, yeah, join us on there. That's going to be, if you want to, a link to the Discord, it's going to be in the show notes at the bo- bottom of the episode. And, yeah, that's really what we got for the mid-break. Oh, and we do record these episodes live every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash benoftamaria. Uh, you can join uh, join me on for this show on Wednesday nights or even my Holocron History show on Tuesday night with my co-host Austin, or known as Teacup, uh, where we go over... You know, all the Star Wars lore between canon and legends and all that fun stuff. Um, Courier, do you have anything to add to the mid-break? I think that about covers it. Cool. So let's get back more into Godric Gryffindor. Yeah, still doing it. It's weird. So, uh, now that we're back, we are going to go over his physical physical description that we know of. So, Godric Gryffindor's portrait d- depicted him as a tall, muscular man with a lion-like mane and wavy red hair and a beard to match. Uh, he was he had green eyes, peach-colored skin, and off was often shown with his famous sword, which he had a great skill with wielding. He was also known to be uh, shown as wearing segmented red sword gauntlets uh, adorned with gold fittings that were often depicted of being rather worn or burned looking. He was also shown as wearing magnificent red robes with gold highlights and rather instrument designs on his sleeves, which were frequently depicted with a rather powerful and stern gaze. So, we really only have his portrait to go by because obviously the time we see Godric Gryffindor, he is long past deceased, sadly. There's nothing that we've seen with him alive as of yet. Who knows? We might get something in the future. And then, um, now with his personality and traits, so Godric Gryffindor valued courage, determination, chivalry, and strength of heart, and was described as one of the four most brilliant witches and wizards of his time. He was also the most tolerant and accepting of Muggleborns out of the Founders, a point which was brought the end of his friendship with Salazar Slytherin, who was very forward-thinking due to the creation of the Sorting Hat to preserve the selection of students after his time. This showcased his cleverness and cre- creativity, which is you know true. Like 
to be able to have that freedom with the hat to be enchanting enchanted and not play someone just because they were muggle born somewhere else or anything like that so yeah. uh, he also had a versatile mindset as he chose to wield a sword as well as a wand making him a rather dynamic man who deferred to the dueling style with of his opponent muggle and wizard alike Going along with this, it shows he was more respectful and fair, choosing to wield a sword instead of magic against muggle combatants, and the sense of fair play as magic would be the most uh, decidedly unbalanced weapon in a duel against a simple sword. In addition of showing his sense of fairness, his difference to the dueling style of his opponent also shows a need to challenge himself, proving the worth of courage in which he became one of the signature traits of his house at Hogwarts. Which goes again the whole reason why he like he wielded he wielded a wand is he wields a wand greatly, but also wields the sword at the same point. To where he would duel you muggle or wizard alike. It doesn't matter to him. He loved to duel. Which I don't blame him. Because dueling's fun. And like. Give me a lightsaber. I'll duel anybody if it's a lightsaber duel. So. I I understand the battle addiction. Uh, His threat to unsheath and use a famous blade against the. Against Ragnar the First uh, and his followers, shown that disp- uh, despite his noble heart and good intentions, that Godric was very compatible or capable of taking the lives of sapient beings such as goblins. This would not have been uncommon trait for a man of his era or personality, due to the constraint violence that pres- uh, pervaded medieval Europe and the acts excessively of dueling to the death among both wizard and mongols alike. So, he dueled a lot, and yes, he took lives. So, it's medieval Europe. It's the medieval times. Yeah, people died a lot. Sword or magic alike. So, and then his magical abilities and skills. So, first off, his dueling. Godric Gryffindor was said to be the greatest duelist of his time, with a considerable talent in the martial magic, and was. Also highly skilled in muggle dueling, using a sword in combat. His skill as a swordsman was that he preferred to duel muggles with his sword instead of his magic, despite magic being more decisive and powerful weapon. Because he he wanted duels to be fair. He just he didn't want to win by you know overwearing power or using magic basically to cheat. He did not see that as a way to win to improve himself. As a duelist should. And then charms. Uh, Godric, uh, Godric was also shown highly proficient in charm work as he helped enchant the sword and hat into a, a sentient magical artifact with personality to sort students after his lifetime with the help of the other founders. He was also capable of producing a non-corporeal protornus, a testament uh, to his superior magical abilities as a wizard, giving the immense difficulty to conjuring a protornus. So, yeah. A uh, non-corporeal Patronus is like a Patronus that took form. So he was able to do that. And as we see in the films, only very immense powerful wizards are really able to do that. Granted, the films did a little bit more so. Leeway kind of showing more corporeal forms. So, 
movie magic. And then his cool. uh, per- possession. So obviously he had a wand. Gryffindor owned a wand made of an unknown wood, length, core, and flexibility. Um, he had his sword, which is a sword of Gryffindor, owned a goblin-made sword made from the goblin wrought silver. Gryffindor used the sword in muggle dueling. And then we had the sword in hat. Uh, Gryffindor is said to have owned the sword and hat. He, alongside the other four founders, enchanted the sword and hat into a sentient artifact to sort students into appropriate Hogwarts houses after his lifetime, which we both went over both of those already. So there isn't really a whole lot of art things we know he had. Um, I kind of hope we'll get like a, you know, spinoff or something in the past, like they see the founding of Hogwarts. I have a feeling we might get that at some point or another. It'd be really cool to see. And then now we have his uh, the etymology. So his surname is a reference to the half-lion magical beast, uh, the griffin, a fierce legendary beast with the body of a lion and the head of the wings of an eagle. The Hogwarts house named after him uses the lion as a symbol. Furthermore, the last part of his surname, Dor, is similar to both the French Dor, meaning made from gold, golden, which is one of the colors of his Hogwarts house, or the suffix door, which means gift of, in which case the meaning of the griffin door would be gift of the griffin. And Gryffindor is also a pun to the golden griffin, which was the lion uh, that only had eagle wings, so it had the head and front paws of a lion and golden fur and feathers. Even the French for Gryffindor... Gryffindor is a French homophone of the actual beast Gryffindor. Which, you know, yeah. So, which also, I mean, it makes sense. Like, Gryffindor, yeah, they use the lion part as the symbol, but it's named after a griffin. Which, funny enough, we don't see griffins at all in Harry Potter. Which is insane, which is kind of funny to see. We see hippogriffs, which are pretty similar to what a griffin would be. It's a eagle half horse compared to a griffin, which is an eagle half lion. Yeah. And then now we have behind the scenes. So Godric Gryffindor was named uh, the July 2007 Wizard of the Month on Rowling's website. One of the four famous founders... Of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Godric Gryffindor was the most accomplished dueler of his time, an enlightened fighter against muggle discrimination, and the first owner of the celebrated sorting hat. J.K. Rowling once jokingly stated that the Godric Gryffindor was still alive, he would have the giant squid that lives in Hogwarts, uh, Hogwarts Lake, that would make him the biggest animagus and quite possibly the oldest in the wizarding world. At the 11th hour of the night, the squid would change back into Gryffindor, who would wander the school grounds before returning to the squid form. It would be noted that Rowling was sarcastically trying to make a point, so obviously the statement is not considered canon. My god, if that was considered canon, that would be freaking ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, like, that would be what? insane. <laughs> yeah, we have one of the founders who's an animagus is into a squid. What? <laughs> uh, 
And then Godric Gryffindor is the only founder who is not mentioned to have any descendants. Although, for a time, it was speculated that Harry Potter himself was descendant of Gryffindor either through James Potter, and possibly because James hailed from a Godric's hometown, or possibly through a line of muggles descended from a squib to James's wife, Lily Evans. However, this theory was later debunked by J.K. Rowling in an interview. Which, yeah, it... As far as we know, yeah, Gryffindor never had descendants. He never had kids or anything like that compared to the three others, uh, which did have descendants of themselves. So he he probably just, you know, wanted the duelist life to be left alone kind of a thing. And then Gryffindor appears in the queue uh, of the Hogwarts uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden, Forbidden Journey ride inside the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at both Universal Studios uh, Orlando and Hollywood as a portrait. And then on the official website of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Godric mentions that he would be proud to have Harry Potter in his house and calls him a remarkable young man. Uh, Gryffindor's name and birthplace may allude to, Her- uh, to the Hardy Boys story, The Witch Master's Key, which references the fictional village of Gryffindor. And my and I I don't know that story. Sadly, so I would have to look that up later. If you know what that story is, let me know in the comments or in a review or on Discord. So, I don't know anything about that story. In the real world, Gryffindor family name is apparently of a Welsh origin, although it spread to Ireland in the 12th century. And then a new species of spider was named after Gryffindor. And this is Latin, so excuse this. Uh, Aerovixia Gryffindoria. The name was chosen due to the spire's triangular body resemblance of the sorting hat, of which Gryffindor was the first owner. Now, that is actually pretty cool. Hey, we have a spider basically called the Gryffindor. Why is it called that? Because it looks like the sorting hat. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what we have, and that's all we got on Godric Gryffindor. Do you have anything to add to this episode at all, Courier? Uh, no. No? Okay. Well, uh, for everybody, we will be back next week, and see y'all next time. And remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com.